I V M. Welcome to Edges and Sledges, episode nine. We are halfway through the IPL. Match number 28 just ended. So like our previous couple of episodes, expect this one to be focused on the IPL as well. My name is Ashwin from Toronto. With me, I have my two co-bloggers, DJ from London and Varun from Singapore. And for the fourth week in a row, we have a very special guest joining us. Just to quickly remind you, week one of the IPL, we had Vishnu Mohan, CSK fan, join us. Week two, we had Rohan, a Punjab fan, Kings 11 Punjab fan. Week three last week we had Siddharth Podar or Pod as our Rajasthan Royals fan and now I'm excited to introduce you to Yogi who is our very very happy right now Sunrises Hyderabad fan they are not only sitting pretty at the top of the table but they also won their match this morning right right uh, before we record this episode so hey everybody Yogi thank you for joining us we're gonna s- start uh, the show with you and the Hyderabad section just before we start I just want to give one story about Yogi and Sunrises Hyderabad so Yogi has been a very old friend of mine. We used to live together in Singapore. In 2009, uh, Deccan Chargers, as they were known back then, was doing very well. And uh, one Thursday evening, you know, we the security guard of our building actually came and uh, rung our bell and uh, asked us to stop the party because downstairs there was a lot of noise. And the noise was basically chants of one and two and three and four Deccan Chargers, we want more. And chants like, go Chargers, go Chargers, go, 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 go. And the guard looked inside and it was just Yogi sitting alone on the couch. (laughs) I weren't even home. Yogi was sitting alone and chanting for Deccan Chargers. So, yeah, welcome to the show, Yogi, the true Sunrisers fan. Fantastic story. Uh, Yogi, on that note, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself as a fan, your journey being a fan of the team that, like I said, is now sitting top of the table. Yeah, it is it is a little difficult to hear you guys right now, you know, mostly because the air up here in the top of the table is a little <laughs> rarefied. So. Especially because three of us are Delhi fans, right? So for us, it's yeah. one of the earlier weeks because, you know, after the two horrific losses <coughs> to Punjab and CSK, I was feeling a little depressed, but this has been a great week. I guess, I mean, it was pretty straightforward that I would be supporting any Hyderabad team. I've grown up in Hyderabad and that's essentially where I connect myself with when it's in India, even though I haven't lived there since in the last like 13 or 14 years now. Yeah, and I I sat through that depressing first 2008 season where they won the the wooden spoon. But then I was also around, as Garg reminds us all, when they won in 2009 with beautiful. It was beautiful. That was the Gilchrist Simons and and Rohit era. Honestly, I think like between 2000, probably 11 and 14, I wasn't watching IPL as much. Blasphemous, I know, but it's true. You weren't living with Garg then. I wasn't living with Garg then. And the other fact, of course, being the fact that I was very invested in Deccan Chargers and the name Deccan Chargers. And then the switch to the Sunrisers Hyderabad was not like doing it for me, which happened in 2012. Despite that, I came back to watching it in 2015 more closely. And was rewarded in 2016 for returning to the to the fold. I, I think the the thing that I enjoy watching now is that they've taken a slightly different strategy to this to the entire tournament, which is that they're going to basically bank on the bowlers consistently. And yeah. So th- thanks. Good good summary. Let's t- talk us through that a little. So oh, you said 08 bottom of the table, 09 winners. 2015 when you started again, I believe they ended sixth didn't make the playoffs and then 2016 there were winners so you know let's talk about it in 2016 
you know, the purple cap winner was Bhuvneshwar Kumar for the first time. Was that the the real sign of the strategy and the choice being made that, hey, we're going to be bowling heavy and bowlers will win us the tournament? Or how do you think about the 2016 season that was uh, game-changing? I mean, it was more than just Bhuvi, right? I mean, yes, Bhuvneshwar Kumar was the purple cap holder. He was probably like the, the big wicket taker. But you had the, the big shift there was the way that they were bowling in the depth. They, start, they brought in, uh, Fizz was that season as well. Yeah. And it was just the way that they decided to like constrain constrain the runs at the end that, that made it pretty awesome. And you kind of see that happening even this season. Like if you look at the if you look at the kind of purchases they've been making in the in the auction this year, for example, they just there's like three or four other bowlers who are fast bowlers who are just sitting in the bench right now. They haven't played a single game and I doubt they will unless there are some substantial injuries going forward. But like they seem to have focused very specifically on this idea of we will make sure that people don't hit more than 130 to 140 runs against us. So, so and, let's let's think about that uh, through the auction, which was in Feb. I remember there was some conversation we were having, but you know, they chose not to retain retain Shikhar Dhawan. They retained Warner, uh, Rashid Khan, and Bhuvi. Before we talk about Warner, which we'll come to after, how are you feeling overall during the auction process as they, you know, continued to spend big on these uh, these quick bowlers and you know maybe feel a little bit light on the batting department? I still think they're light on the batting department, and that was that was definitely something that was a little worrying. I mean, right now I'm speaking with hindsight, and it sounds like it's working. But yeah, I was a little worried at the beginning when they when they kept buying uh, a lot of the fast bowlers. I mean. Uh, I think the spin the spin options that they purchased made a lot of sense. I was a little worried that it was a little heavy on the on the overseas spinners because this is what happened last game. You had three overseas players, all who were spinners, um, and technically Navi and Shakib can bat, but that's about a, a once in a blue moon kind of event. So it seemed to place a lot of let's say focus or pressure on on Indian seamers doing well. Seems to have worked out again, but yeah, there was definitely some panic. So just before we come come to Warner or another topic, let's talk a little about overspeed spinners. Varun, maybe I'll direct this one to you for a second. A first Afghani player to play in the IPL played for Sunrisers Hyderabad. We've spoken a lot about Rashid Khan on the show. How impactful do you think he has been for the team and the success they've had? I think, I mean, personally, I think he's been the X factor for them. I think they retained him. I think they chose him ahead of Mustafa Zur. He's only 19. He's the number one T20 bowler in the world today. I mean, to me, he, he's absolutely great. The point to note is he has been hit as well. Like, Gale did tear him apart. But it's a never-give-up kind of attitude. I think he looks like somebody who wants to improve every game. He wants to work on his weaknesses. And I think... Um, even while watching the match today, basically, it's it's almost reached a stage where you're like thinking the opposition has to go after call and maybe Sandeep Sharma because once Rashid Khan comes in, more than six and over is tough. So, so it's very interesting. I, I also do want to mention one point. I think it's something nobody talks about, but how good is Sandeep Sharma? I think if you look at the past record, he's played for Kings Eleven Punjab. He never starts the IPL. Never. And when he starts, they can't leave him out. I think today his economy rate was below four, if I'm not mistaken. For a wicket, he gets swing. Ashwin was pointing out earlier, I think the ball deviates or swings one and a half inches or so uh, compared to the regular bowler. So, so how good is Sandeep Sharma? We haven't really kind of spoken about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. He had a breakthrough season for Punjab a few years ago. And Hyderabad will now be looking and saying, 
great purchase. You know, let, let's quickly just come to your DJ. Let, let me ask you a quick question on this before we go back to Yogi. But two weeks before the IPL, our first couple of episodes of the podcast, the Warner and Smith news broke. We spoke a little bit about the impact that's going to have on the Hyderabad and Rajasthan teams. I raised my hand and said, hey, without Warner, I think Hyderabad's batting looks exceptionally weak. I don't think they're going to have a shot this season. You know, halfway through the season, I've been proven drastically wrong. Clearly, their, bat, their bowling has stepped up. But uh, DJ, how good has, has Williamson been for them this year, both with bat and as skipper? Well, it's a difficult question because I think he's been he's been okay. He hasn't been outstanding like Warner would have been because Warner just reels off 150 after the other. And their batting kind of feeds off that. So I think you're still right in that they are missing... David Warner, and if they do come across, if they do need to chase a big total, the one day that their batting does, that their bowling doesn't fire, they're not the kind of team that will chase it. And you can see the change in strategy. Now they want to bat first, set a target, and restrict the restrict the opposition. So I think they are missing David Warner quite a lot. Shikhar Dhawan's compounded that by not kind of being up to his usual standard. Maybe he feeds off the Warner explosive start as well. But, I mean, their, their bowling has compensated for it. They've added Shakib this year to the attack. Siddharth Kaul has uh, obviously shown um, what, what he's capable of. So while the batting hasn't been setting the world on fire, their bowling has uh, really compensated for that. And it remains to be seen whether that can last over a tournament that's two months long, Yogi. And I think that is the real question, whether they'd be able to sustain it or whether teams work out what their um, weakness is and figure a way out of how to how to win games against them. Batting is definitely weak. So I'll, I'll say this. I, I think that the bowling right now is doing so well that they'll qualify. I don't think there's a problem with them qualifying for the playoffs. The issue is going to come in the fact that, on the as DJ said, on the one day a batsman dis, like just fired, like you have a Chris Gale kind of event. There's no batting right now in the team that's going to be able to chase that down. I like the fact that they've brought Alex Hales in. I was not sure why they were sitting him out this long, especially for Nabi. Didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, the, the, the batting right now does not look like it can chase anything over 170. And even 170 is like on a, the top three have to fire. So I, I think the strategy has basically become, yeah, bat first if you can and make sure you get to 150 because then you can kind of put all the pressure on the bowlers to defend it because they've been soaking it up well. My, my biggest problem so far has been with the middle order. Pandey's been... Like, a lot of people were talking about his 50 last game. It was a pretty shit 50. Um, I mean, <laughs> he he got, what, dropped price twice before he was even at 10 runs. It, it was slow. It And, I mean, like, at the end, I think they managed to, like, limp to a total that we managed to defend. But, again, it was it was the kind of position that was shameful uh, to, to even be in. It's the same. Um, Yusuf Patan, I think, is actually doing a good job for for what he's supposed to be doing. It's I'm surprised. I have I have very little faith in Yusuf Patan as a player, but he's actually done what I expected of him. And the fact that he's realized that there are times when you need to actually push push the score up a little bit more rather than go for the 200 and get out for 100. Let's try and push it to 130. I think he's trying to trying that strategy and it's worked out well. But today as well, you can see the death batting was crap. What we were 115 at the end of the 16th over or like the 15th over and we ended at 150. The death batting is just not doing it for them. And are they missing Warner? Hell yeah, they're missing Warner. Uh, there's, there's no question on that. I think Williamson's 
brought the captaincy back in a way that has been really good. Like he's used his again, he's used his bowling really well. But yeah, of course they're missing one. There's that level of explosiveness just doesn't exist in the in the batting lineup right now. Great, thank you. So that brings us to the end of our first section, which was the conversation with our guest. DJ, I just want to ask you: Is are you a closet Sunrisers fan? Because I know you spent a lot of time in growing up in Hyderabad as well. I actually spent more time in Hyderabad between school and uh, university. I spent nine yeah. years there in total. So obviously, I have a special place in my heart for for the city. Uh, I think I'm more a closet yeah. CSK fan, <laughs> to tell the truth. And uh, it's probably because of the the Deccan Chargers and what a rubbish team they were. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I, I was going to ask I you, Yogi. Remember Delhi Daredevils winning a title just yet? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, CSK is one enough, right? But I was going to ask you, Yogi, <laughs> is there that much power in a name? You said you stopped following um, like the IPL for a few years because the name changed. Also that I moved to the US, I did not have the connection uh, to the game as okay. much at that point. I hadn't yet figured out a way to watch it. So it was a lot tougher at that time. All I'm hearing is that you're justifying your fantasy performance over the years. <laughs> in the- oh, no, oh, no. My fantasy performance is justified by the fact that I don't wake up in time to change my team. Just consistent. There are others of us who also live in the in North America, and so we manage, so we commit. I'm just saying, even if whatever. All right, let's 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 move on to the second section of this week, which is a recap of quickly of what's happened in the IPL in this past week. So, DJ, I'm going to hand it over to you to to take us through that before we move on. Yeah, so we're just going to do a, a series of quick highlights from the week. We'll just highlight the big individual performances, and then we'll talk a little about little bit about. You guessed it; it's going to be Yogi's team, the Sunrisers Hyderabad, and what they've been doing. So the 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 first the batsman, so Raidu has been in great form, 79 versus Sunrisers Hyderabad to lead them to a close win against them, and 82 versus the RCB. So Resh Rena has scored two fifties in the week, which Varun, I think you'd be pretty pleased about. Um, Rohit Sharma. In the top versus bottom game, I think played an excellent innings. It was yesterday, wasn't it? To give Mumbai a kind of a, a last gasp a win to keep them in the tournament. So uh, he scored 56 versus CSK. Williamson scored 84 against, again, CSK. They seem to be conceding quite a few 50s. The innings that I really enjoyed this week was actually Gotham's innings. Rajasthan Royals versus uh, Mumbai Indians. It was 33 of 11 balls and he completely changed the entire entire game and I think that was the impact innings of the of the week for me because it was just the ga- the, the game changing innings uh, in that game. Dhoni again coming back into form, uh, 70 of 34 versus the RCB. Ayer was the other big performer of this uh, of this week, 93 versus KKR and 58 versus the uh, Kings 11. And finally, the one kind of standout bowling performance of the week was Rajput, who incidentally that day I had in my fantasy team, which was quite a nice thing. He took five wickets against uh, the Sunrisers Hyderabad. Speaking of whom, the Sunrisers Hyderabad won that game as well. So so they've won the last three games on the trot, defending 1-1-8 against the Mumbai Indians to win by 31 runs, which is, if you think about it, it's a massive, massive margin. They then defended 132 against Kings 11 after a 50-run opening partnership between Chris Gale and Gale Rahul. Most teams would have just given up at that stage, but they they stayed in the game and they kind of just ran through the Kings 11 Punjab order, which is, I mean, it's no mean feat given that they're great batting side. And uh, just today, they defended 151 against Rajasthan Royals. So this kind of comes back to the whole, I think they have definitely been the team of the week and they have been, uh, they have kind of almost reversed the whole trend of winning the toss and chasing and winning the game, right? Maybe I'll hand back to Ashwin on that because I know you've been looking into some stats and some trends because we talked earlier about win the toss bat first and is the toss become irrelevant. But I mean, the Sunrisers have kind of just inverted all that. 
Yeah, thanks. So thanks, DJ. Great summary. Just on the toss, the the stat as of up until this morning was in, of the first 10 games, nine of them were one batting second chasing. And then of the next 17, only six were one batting second. So Sunrisers definitely started. Actually, it was Kings 11 Punjab and Ashwin who started that trend where he he was the first captain on the, in the 11th game to say, we're going to bat first and back our bowlers to defend the target. And then Will Williamson took on. So so great summary of the week. I want to, before we go on to our next section, just ask uh, you know one sort of quick question. So Varun, I'll start with you again. Some of the performances DJ mentioned are the, the, the thread in common with all of them is the captain stepping up to the plate, whether it was MS Dhoni 70, Shreyas Iyer, new captain, which we'll talk about in the next section. Uh, Rahane this morning as well, unbeaten with the bat, wasn't enough to take them home. And then obviously Williamson has been doing great as well. How Just how important has, the, has captains and leading from the front been? And has that been a, a little bit of a crutch for RCB and KKR, whose captains haven't yet quite delivered those match-winning performances? But that said, yeah. Kohli scored a 50 today, so... Sorry. He did, but we don't yet know if it's match-winning. <laughs> yeah. True, true, true. I was just going to say the same. I think Kohli... Uh, well, he's trying hard. I think, yeah, look, I think it, it's it's a valid point. The captain always does lead from the front, especially in a T20 version of the game. I think it is important. Dhoni's proved himself. Williamson has is actually in the top uh, top five run getter so far. So I think, yes, I think um, Kohli, it's a little bit sad, man. He's the highest run getter of all time for IPL. I think there's no doubt he's a good captain. It's just sometimes the team just doesn't kind of function or work together. Um, and it's something they need to look at. But, I mean, to keep it short for me, definitely, I think that the captain and the coach build the culture of the team. We discussed it last time. I think reason why uh, teams like CSK are doing so well is not necessarily because individual contributions. It's more the culture of the team. So, yes, I think big contribution by the captains. And the last last one on that, Yogi, I'll ask you, how much has Hyderabad's success been captain and Warner slash Williamson or, or Tom Moody in, in the coach? Definitely the strategy that they're playing is Tom Moody's. It's not the captain's. But I think both Warner and Williamson have really used their resources well. This this season, you've you've seen a very nice rotation of the bowling. You've seen a very sensible use of the, of, of the way they've done that. I, I think the strategy, though, the, the whole idea of going bowling seems to be Tom Moody and not and not Williamson or Warner. Great. So that was the, that wraps up our second section, which is the IPL Week Recap. We're going to move on to our third section, which is a new section this week. So I'm just going to take a minute to explain it to everybody here and those listening. We're calling this Edge or Sledge in the spirit of the name of our show. So I'm going to go through five things that happened this past week or five key topics. And I'm just going to go one by one through each of the panelists and, and then wrap with myself on was it an edge? which is a negative or a failure, edge didn't taken. Was it a sledge, which on our show we're calling a positive? Or was it kind of 50-50, which we're going to steal the word from Ravi Shastri and call it touch and go? So remember, I'm going to go through each one one by one, and you're going to say, was it an edge, was it a sledge, or was it a touch and go? And just take a one or two sentences to just quickly explain your perspective. So the first one we're going to start with is just a continuation of the theme we started, which was captaincy. So Gotham Gampir stepping down from Delhi Daredevil's captaincy. Edge sledge or touch and go dj let's start with you i think sledge it's good he wasn't performing i think he should still be in the team but he just wasn't performing so uh head roll one win out of six enough and he has turned things around already so uh, sledge for me Varun? yeah sledge for me uh, it's a sad sledge it's not a sledge i'm happy with but it is a sledge i think gambhir was uh I, th- I think he said it himself he said when he went to kkr at the age of 28 he had a vision to turn it around and he did he said he came to dd at the age of 36 with the same vision but he said at 36 uh, i just can't do it so i think it's 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 a sledge it's a good move for delhi yogi 
I'm going to say touch and go, actually. I, I actually think Gambir should have been dropped from the team. So I don't think his captaincy was the problem. I think his problem was actually his batting. So if his batting came back, I think he would still be the right person to be captain of that team. I'm still finding it a little difficult to, to say that this is a good move based off of one game. So it has been a great game for them. Okay, I will wrap up. My point of view is Sledge. So not quite unanimous, but three out of four Sledge. But actually Sledge for the same reasons that Yogi said. I think it wasn't his captaincy that was weak. It was his batting. But when you have, you know, 11 players in a side to have one that's just a specialist captain just doesn't belong. The captain needs to lead from the front like the others have. All right. So we're going to move to our second one. The second theme we saw this week that I want you guys to assess, so Ed Sledge or Touch and Go, is dropping off the sort of big name marquee players. So we saw Yuvraj Singh, we saw Kyron Pollard dropped, and then we also saw from Mumbai, Mustafizur Rahman lose his spot on the side. So how do we feel about dropping those big marquee names from, from their playing 11s? Let's start with Varun this time. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of dropping the big names if, if they're not performing. So Sledge for me, look, I love Yuvraj Singh, but but he's just not been playing well. So yeah, I think, I think everyone needs, deserves a chance. I think... It's also about what value you add to the team. I don't think Kyron Pollard was adding much value, although he's a great player, but I don't think he was adding much value. So, sledge for me. Surprising to hear you acknowledge you've Raj, but I'll pass it on to Yogi. Yogi, your thoughts? I mean, I'm also surprised that, that Varun thinks that's a that's a sledge. Um, I do think it's a sledge, but I'm, I mean, given that this is the man who played Callus in two years consecutively every single day of his fantasy team, saying Callus was due. I'm surprised that he thinks dropping a big name person is a is a sledge. But yeah, if you're not performing, you got to get dropped. You've got a lot of players playing really, really well. Pollard just wasn't performing. Neither was Yuvraj. It's a good move. DJ? I think it's it's, it's touch and go for me. And it, the reason is because it's uh, it's Mustafizur. And I thought he probably deserved, didn't deserve to be dropped because he was bowling quite well. And he kind of, he didn't make a big impact at the start of the tournament. But then... He slowly got into his stride. So, Pollard and Yuvraj, yes, I agree, perhaps needed to be dropped. But I think Mr. Thessar should have retained his spot. So, touch and go from, uh, from me. Okay. I'm going to agree with DJ on touch and go, but for a slightly different reason, which is Pollard. And I don't necessarily have any love for him or think he belonged there, but I don't think he got enough of a shot to with either the bat or the ball to be dropped. And I struggle with some of the team combinations this year with, you know, in CSK versus Mumbai, there were 15 bowling options. CSK had eight bowling options. Mumbai had seven. You know, there was a picture being exchanged earlier today, but I think it came from Varun. But Jadeja has bowled maybe three or four overs in the last five or six games. It's just, it's uh, it's a bit ridiculous. And so I think the it's almost like the idea of dropping Jadeja despite having not given him the ball. So I'm touch and go on this one. I think all for dropping the big names if they're not performing, but not giving them a chance and then saying they didn't perform confuses me one a little bit. So that's two of our five. We're going to carry keep, keep this going. Yogi, I'll come to you first on the next one. The third one is low-scoring games. Just pivoting from these 180-plus ten of games, 200, 210 being chased down to a week where it was low-scoring. And as a Hyderabad fan, I have a feeling I know how you're going to go. But egg, sledge or touch, or touch and go? Oh, sledge, definitely. I, well, okay, for, in, in my case, I think the reason is also because it seems to be that the, the low-scoring games have been more exciting this season than the high-scoring ones. Barring, of course, the CSK chasing down, what was it? 200-something? I am getting this right. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, most of the high-scoring games have basically ended with these, the chasing team either fizzling out entirely or, you know, it's just not having as much excitement. So, sledge. DJ? I think it's definitely a sledge. For me, I mean, T20 cricket is such a batsman-friendly game. You just don't want to see bowlers come in and just go out of the park every ball. It's It makes for dull cricket. You could just have a bowling machine instead. Why bother with having a bowler there? It, it just, it's not good to watch. You don't see enough skill... It, it's the big bats, small boundaries. 
it's really hard to to get excited about a chase of 240 to be honest i mean so definitely a sledge for me the the lower scoring games where the where it's a more of a contest between bat and ball where it requires skill to score runs definitely a sledge for me so i think it's touch and go for me i think firstly because i've been waiting to say touch and go for the last three questions <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's definitely touch and go no man look i think dj knows this better than anyone it's t20 is popcorn cricket i i kind of enjoy it i think bowlers taking wickets can never bring out the same side of danny morrison as the hitting sixes can so yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot more fun when the, the guys are hitting the big sixes. But I, I, it is. I'm partly messing around here. Yeah, it's a touch and go because it is a high, high, more high skill game when the bowlers are doing well. Varun, just speaking of Danny Morrison, can you do your best Danny Morrison impression of somebody hitting six? I mean, pick any player and just say that he's hit a six in the Danny Morrison style. Because I know you've got friends who stop talking to you because you're only talking to them like you're Danny Morrison. So just. Do it for our listeners and our viewers, please. Come on. Yeah, so Seish has stopped uh, talking to me this week because whenever I... I met him three times this week and I've always imitated Danny. But I'm going to take a hypothetical situation where Rahul Tripathi hits a six and Danny Morrison, of course, will be, Tripathi comes to the party. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done. Do, do you have any others up your sleeve? I mean, I think you've pulled this one before, so you're just recycling it, Varun. I am, I am. But I, th- I think we should go on. I think for the sake of the show, we go on. For the sake of the show, the show the, must go on. The key to a good Danny impression is how many alliterative acronyms can you find, right? This morning he was calling Sandeep Sharma double S. So it can keep going. Just to, just to wrap that one on low scoring games, I'm also touch and go. Not so much for the reasons that you guys have talked about, but more that some of the low scoring games have just been poor batting and poor pitches more than good quality bowling. I'd argue the Hyderabad ones have all been great bowling. You know, there was a Delhi-Punjab game, for example, where it was just a poor run chase constructed by Delhi. No specific Punjab bowler stood out. So low-scoring games are touch-and-go for me. They're very exciting when it's great bowling performances. On that, we're going to pivot to the fourth one. So people are now starting to think about using the expression greatest ever for the Sunrisers bowling lineup. Yogi, I'm going to start with you again on this one. Edge, sledge, or touch-and-go? Touch-and-go. They need to win first before you can start saying they were the greatest ever. DJ? Well, in the 10 years of IPL, I can't think of a better bowling attack other than maybe the 2016 bowling attack that they had with uh, the Fizz and Bhuvi just strangling batsmen. So I'd say in the 10 years of the IPL, they are the best bowling attack we've seen. Varun? I think it's edged and taken. I think it's... uh... It, they're, they're not the best bowling attack. I think, uh, like Yogi said, they have to win first. I think Punjab is good this time. I think KKR has won many years because of their bowling. So, yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree. That's the, you, were, you were the first one, by the way, on our show to say edged. But I'm going to agree with that edged. But I don't think it's as much just because of the. I think the bowlers are good and doing a great job. But it's not not just the the bowling. It's the it's the package, right? It's Williamson's field placement. It's how they're rotating bowlers. So it's a combination of everything. All right, our final one for this week uh, in this section is a little bit of a pivot where we're not talking about the IPL. So we're going to just transition a little bit. And DJ, I'm going to start with you because you're sitting in London. Edged, sledged, or touch and go on the 100-ball tournament by ECB? Edged. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. It's just rubbish. Why do you need a tournament that's 20 balls shorter than the T20 format? I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. And the last over is going to have three bowlers. I mean, what 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 are you... T- is this a 
about the subcontinent it would have been rubbish and how the subcontinent is just run by money and this and that and oh we hate the iplo test cricket is the best and all of this stuff but because it's the ecb oh and morgan has to come out and say i'm a big fan of the 100 it's probably part of his contract to say stuff like that but rubbish 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 i thought you were going to be a yorkshire as possible and actually call it rubbish varun let's go to you yeah edged edged and taken man this is uh, it's really disastrous i can't understand it at all no oh, they got a 10 ball over at the end of it it's 15 over so it's not 16.4 overs sorry it's 15 overs and a 10 ball over bowled by three bowlers it's like a baby over they, they they've got a baby over concept baby overs, in, in cricket literally might be like what the one hand and that's out Yes, Dude, there you go. We could sponsor them. Yeah, this is a good idea, guys. One day. Imagine if there's wides and no balls, it'll go on to like a 14 ball last over. <laughs> Yogi, Ed Sledger, touch and go. Edge taken. Dhoni's taken the stump out. Ravi Shastri's come down to the presentation stadium. <laughs> I mean, come on, this is a stupid. It's a stupid idea. Agree. So unanimous on this one. I'm also saying this is edged. Let's be clear: the ICC or the MCC or whoever the governing body is has not approved the 10 ball over, so it may not happen. It, or because an over is legally six deliveries, but I think we're all unanimous on it being edged. I think the batting team should be allowed to choose who the 10 ball over bowler is. So if like Vivraj is batting, Stuart Broad will just bowl all those 10 yeah. balls. <laughs> That's been the rule. I mean, what is this rubbish? Just play one over, super over, kill oh, Just the toss, dude. ஒரு <laughs> I'm going to wrap up with a final section, section 4, which will be consistent for the next few weeks as well, which is fantasy cricket tip for the next few weeks between now and the end of the IPL. So let me start in the middle, Varun. Let's go with you first. Your fantasy cricket tip for now onwards in the IPL. My only fantasy cricket tip, and it's more for you, Ashwin, is do not, multipl- do not use the multiplier when there is chance of rain. <laughs> Thank you. It is raining now, my friend. Thank you for informing <laughs> Look, I still get I still had Kohli Trump so I'll get 4x the 68 I'll take that it's better than I've had the last few days but thank <laughs> yeah, you but so, yeah so that 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 is my only fantasy tip Yogi let's go to you you really want a fantasy tip from me I think I'm languishing somewhere at the middle of the table but this is when you start no, your this is when you start your third yeah oh, so so my I, fantasy tip is always trick people into thinking you're doing badly by languishing in the middle of the table and then attack from behind what well, is that is that a term that uh, that that you use for that yogi i think it's called piche se war so i do have to say one thing though i genuinely think yogi would be one of the best fantasy players if he could just wake up on time no dude today for example i forgot to put russell in i mean it has got negatively what that, what does he mean you forgot to put russell in even i forgot to put russell in no 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 I, Yeah I also forgot to put Russell in. I subbed him out then I normally sub him back in and except you know did not happen. Oh. And today's his birthday also. That's sort. Before we come to DJ can I just say as you make fun of my multiplier covers are being taken off and they're saying no loss of overs so we should be okay. Shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so your fantasy tip already goes out the window. DJ your tip for the week or for the rest of the league? I think for the, for the week for me it's going to be I think I need to start using stealth mode because there's this guy called Tapori Nawab in our league. <laughs> and he's been copying my trumps for the last few games 
But I tricked him in this game. I had Uttapa as a second innings trump, and I saw he had him as well. Then I trumped M Ashwin, who's not bold as yet. So neither is Uttapa batted, so we're even right now. But I think it's going to be stealth mode is going to be used very. Uh, I think you can use it how many times? Five times. Five, five times. Yeah. So I think stealth mode needs to be brought out of the um, out of the closet. All right, and I'll wrap up with mine really quickly. My fantasy tip, which is counter to what I thought, is do not trust the stats on average scores in a stadium. They, all, all this game today that's happening as we record this said average first inning scores at the Chinnaswamy is 188. So I went really batting heavy, and then of course Russell picked up three wickets, and it's it's going to be a, an interesting chase. So don't so necessarily actually, get literally. Who the knows the average batting score in any place? Apart from you. They, yeah, this is fair. So maybe this tip was just for me and I need to start heating it for myself. They show it on the screen, in case you're wondering. They showed it up right at the time of the toss when Karthik had to remind Kohli who his team was. Uh, right at that point, they said average betting first. Average score is 188. Guys, just before we wrap up, we have a question coming in on our Facebook live feed from Zrithwick. There have been some great catches so far, but there have also been surprisingly many drops. Is this going to be the trend or is this just the pressure of so much cricket right now? Rithwik, thanks for the question. Yogi, let me take that one to you first i mean i really hope it's not the trend you know uh, except of course if you take the king's 11 punjab game against hyderabad i'm very happy with that trend at that game no it just seems to be bad fielding which hopefully will end varun does it varun does it feel like more drops than normal or is this just the, the, the norm in ipl I actually, I was hoping you would have a stat on that. The drops per match <laughs> drops per innings drop per player but uh, okay just gut feeling wise it does feel uh, it does feel like more drops. It does feel like more drops than usual, and and it's sad because they say catches win matches, right? So, DJ, what's the driver of the drop catches? Any thoughts on that? Last closing. Mid-season fatigue, man. Everybody gets tired. Fantasy players get tired. Real cricket players get tired. Viewers get tired. It's a middle of the season. Nobody's really watching it apart from people who are playing fantasy cricket anyway. So. This is this is kind of the middle overs of an ODI where everybody goes out, gets a drink, and then the slog overs will start and everybody will get interested again and people will start taking catches. And when you get down to the business end of the tournament in a couple of weeks, I think fielding will definitely improve soon. Great. So that brings us to the end of the show. Four new sections. We'll try to continue this going on next time. Folks, thank you for joining us. Those of you on Facebook Live, thanks for tuning in. Listen to us as a podcast. We're available wherever you get your podcast, iOS podcasts. We're also now on Google Play Music. So just check us out. As uh, And then you'll also see these episodes on YouTube. Uh, visit our website, onetiponehand.com, or like us, subscribe to us on YouTube, and you'll get the, the video of every episode once a week. We will be back next weekend uh, as we start to get to what they call the business end of the IPL. Hopefully, we'll have another special guest from one of our other teams. Yogi, thank you very much for joining us today. I know it's early out in the West Coast. You know, perfect episode to have you on with the Hyder- with the Hyderabad team performing as they are. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's been a very, very special week for us. Yes. BVS. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We will see you next week. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jayabachan, Shwetananda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Bamanirani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. 
On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, senior ambassador of the TEDx program and curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>